Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to uh, this Thursday, August 3rd, and uh, glad you're with us today. Yesterday was, well, barn burner day. I mean, like the barns got burnt down yesterday. We will uh, talk about that and more when uh, Dave joins us here in just a few seconds. Hey, before we do that, though, let's not forget that uh, there are so many things in this world that you and I, we, we can't control them. However, good news, though, you can control the amount of risk you have in your portfolio. You need to know what that risk is, and you need to know where that risk should be based on your circumstances, how old you are, how soon you're going to retire. Those things play a big role. Give us a call, 863-382-0037, to walk through our core retirement design. With that, we've got Dave coming up next. 5.7 Highlands Light FM. Well, hello there. It's 8.41 now. 19 before 9. Time checking in your money and see what Wall Street's doing to you this morning. And they definitely did something to you yesterday instead of for you. Let's get some explanations and noodle it through with Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services, who is on the phone at this very moment. Philip, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Dave. You're right. It was a uh, a barn burner day yesterday, and I don't mean in a good way. It was like everything was on fire, uh, <laughs> red as could be yesterday, and dropping like rocks. Yeah, it was a barn burner day. We dang near burned the barn down, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Dow Jones, let me see. Let me go back to my market here from yesterday. Dow was off by 348 points. Standard & Poor's was off by 63. And that's absolutely nothing compared to what happened to NASDAQ. They were down a full 2.17% all in one day, down 310. And the uh, Russell 2000 wasn't a whole heck of a lot happier. They were down a percent and a third, down 27. And gosh, big surprise. The VIX is now bumping its nose on 19 on the volatility index because ain't nobody happy after we got our bonds downgraded in the country, right? No, I guess not. I mean, that, that's uh, it's hard to believe that that one little thing could have had this big of an impact. But uh, uh, you saw that, yeah, you know, anybody could be looking for an excuse to sell. And, and that was just as good as any. Yeah, much as anything it is. I mean, yes, yes, the downgrade on the interest on, on our rating as a as a nation is definitely going to increase interest rates overall and yields on bonds. But uh, Yahoo Finance was saying, ah, it was just an excuse. Don't worry about it. Uh, editorially, they have a tendency to uh, really like the current administration, so I wasn't overly surprised by that. But, yeah, they were screaming for calm. Here's the thing that gets to me, though. I mean, I'm watching the long-term bond prices going up as they go. The yields are, are going up markedly. And in the uh, third quarter, our federal government now has plans to borrow $1 trillion in the third quarter alone, right after we have our bond downgraded. This kind of addresses something you and I have been talking about for a long time. Increased interest rates mean our cost of borrowing is going to go up. That means paying the federal debt. The expense of keeping the interest rates is going to go up. And now with a downgrade, uh, bonds are sold at an auction. And you just had your credit rating decreased. What do you think? You think we're going to have to pay a higher interest rate in our bonds in this next auction? I think we definitely will. And, I mean, I'm looking at mortgage rates. I don't know where they are right now, but I'm looking at probably – uh, based on the 30-year treasury, those things are going to go up to seven and a quarter easy, seven and a half, maybe even seven and three quarters 
um, based on what I'm seeing on the 30-year treasury right now. Yeah, I'm seeing seven and a halfs as being pretty frequent right now, and that was before the downgrade. So offhand, yeah, it's going to hit. And then just to raise things even more interesting, i got a housing inventory chart here, and I'm looking at it dating all the way back to 2000. We have never, I'm not saying that at least since in the last 22 years, we have never had this few houses available to sell. So demand is going to push the price up, and then the expense to be able to get a mortgage is going to go up. Uh, I'm not sure I'd really want to be uh, trying to <laughs> buy a house right now. Yeah, I mean, right now it's going to be it, – it's tough. I mean, it doesn't matter where you are. Um, it, with, with the inventory numbers the way they are and interest rates up high, um, th that's just a, a disaster. Um, so we're going to continue to see houses – uh, sell at the higher prices. Now, I think they're going to sit longer because, you know, it's going to take cash or somebody with a with a really good job uh, to be able to afford any kind of midline houses right now uh, because of just the, the situation we're in with inventory. But, uh, you, you know, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough deal for folks. I think so. And, and the pressure to buy pretty much continues because as the price to buy a home goes up, the uh, landlords that are paying mortgages on these rental properties, they got to make a buck off of their mortgage payment on it. And by and large, they don't get the kind of 30-year deals that you do when you're buying your primary residence. So rental prices will end up eking up as well in the process, which is going to put more pressure to buy, more pressure upward on the prices because the shortage of supply uh, we, we got the beginning of a little bit of a spiral going on here, all because Fitch decided we weren't as good on credit as we thought we were. Well, that's right. We'll have to just kind of, <laughs> you know, see how that really leads down and, uh, and and what happens, you know. And I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, you know, they're, they're talking about just interest rates in general. I said, well, the reason that short-term interest rates are so much higher then longer term rates is because the expectation is, is that once the Fed gets done with this beating us with a stick, then they're, they're going to give us a lollipop and start to lower some interest rates within the next uh, 12 to 18 months. Mm -hmm. uh, you generally can look at the terms on the, end, on, on the bonds as to where the sweet spot is as far as what the, uh, the smart money figures the economic curve is going to be like, which right now, because, well, short term is you know, doing much better than long term, uh, the expectation is we've got a soft landing possible, and that's not bad news. I, just political advice, once again, kind of like if you and I ran the world, right now it's time for Jay Paulson to stand up in front of a press conference and say, okay, we're not going to raise interest rates for a couple more meetings. Guys, calm down. Do you think he's going to be that smart? Uh, no, that'd be too easy. No. Out of prayer. <laughs> we do have a government data dump to start us out this morning, and uh, because there isn't a Fed meeting this month, maybe we're responding to it as good news equals good news. Our employment market is still very strong. 227,000 first-time unemployment claims this past week. That's an increase of 6,000, but it's still well into that range where we've got a very lively employment market out there. And the people that are working are getting more per buck out of them as well because our productivity went up by a, to a 3.7% increase in productivity last quarter. That's all good news on the employment front. And uh, because the productivity is up, it's good for the companies that employ them, too. Yeah, it, it is, Dave. And, and tomorrow is going to be the really you know interesting day because 
we get the government non-farm payrolls. We get the official unemployment rate. We get all that other stuff coming out. So there's some uh, information to be gleaned from what we see tomorrow. Absolutely. And the picture that we're drawing right now, based on EDP yesterday in terms of the trajectory, not the absolute number, but the direction and the unemployment numbers that we're getting this morning, I'm kind of expecting a sunshiny report tomorrow from the standpoint of absolute good for the economy. I, I am, too, based on those numbers, but they've disappointed us before. <laughs> you just, you're just loaded up with merry sunshine this morning, aren't you? <laughs> Let's talk about the companies that are reporting their quarterly numbers. I gather that PayPal's always fascinated because they started out as a division of eBay, did so well, eBay spun them off into their own company a few years ago. How are they holding up, anyway? You know, they, um, they, they did okay. They actually earned what they were supposed to earn, a dollar sixteen a share, which you would think, okay, that's that's good news. They did what they're supposed mm-hmm. to do. Um, however, re- revenue um, it came in a little higher than was expected, so that was good news. So you would expect that you know they earned what they're supposed to. Revenue was above what expectations were. They're down almost nine percent this morning, Dave. What the hey? <laughs> there had to be something in guidance there. Uh, yeah, I just don't see where it's coming from. Nothing, nothing, um, no indication of any, uh, you know, guidance uh, upsets or anything like that. Uh, so, but they're really getting bet up. I guess, I guess investors thought they should beat on earnings as well. Uh, I, I wonder if some of the contributing factor to that is that new federal clearinghouse that the Fed's trying to get the banks to do. For instant transfers, that might very well be seen as a competitor to eBay, who's always been the, you know, the quickie, not eBay, PayPal, who's always been the quickie transfer funds mechanism that folks use all the time. I'm wondering if somebody's seeing some clouds on the horizon there. Uh, could be. Could very well could be. be. Yeah. Uh, well, Qualcomm also reported they, you know, they're a chip maker. Um, now, they, in their case, um, you know, they came in at eight dollars or eight hundred forty-four or eight point four billion dollars. They they were expected to come in at eight point five billion, so they missed on revenue. Um, they beat on earnings. They also gave a soft guidance number, which is you know that that's where this one's going to go. And so mm-hmm. they're trading down almost. Uh, it's getting close to ten percent, nine point six percent. They're down this morning. Ouch. One of the big ratings companies downgraded them from buy to hold as well. And that kind of surprised me because Apple just threw in the towel and announced they're going to use Qualcomm chips again in their uh, in their next generation of cell phones. I think the world was kind of expecting Apple to make their own on this next generation. Yeah, that may help them for the quarter better than they expected anyway. Yeah. Hey, Moderna reported, um, you know, they became a household name when COVID kind of hit. And uh, they released their uh, second quarter results. That um, they had a quarterly loss and a drop in revenue. Uh, however, Moderna raised their full year outlook for its COVID vaccine, which is kind of opposite of what we saw yesterday with the other pharmaceutical yeah. companies. Um, it's kind of funny though. Moderna, that's their only marketable product, is the COVID vaccine, uh, and they're trading up about three quarters of a percent this morning. Can you say too many eggs in one basket, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, DoorDash reported. Uh, yep. You know, who would have thought that a company like that would have uh, made it through? But COVID was a big push for them and helped them really kind of gain some market share. 
Um, they they came out in the second quarter and uh, and came out with above uh, expectations uh, across the board. The management also cited that they've improved their expenses, and it was the best quarter for revenue and total orders they've ever had. Um, and so they're up about 1.5% this morning before we get going. Roku reported. They, uh, I'm sorry, they didn't report. I thought they reported. They they got downgraded. So that's that's why they hit my sheet today. They're down 2.3. Um, Etsy did report. And Etsy, um, I'm seeing more tumbles than I am seeing rallies today, Dave. The uh, the company released their, their information before the bell today. They um, they they beat on earnings and revenue. Their guidance, though, for the third quarter was lighter than expected, um, and, and so they're down a little over nine percent this morning. So it seems like guidance is king. You know, if you're not going to make your numbers, you, you need to you need to have some decent guidance anyway. Hey, and yeah, it sounds like it. One I got more. a big winner for you. Yeah, trigger. The uh, grill maker, the pedal, pe- pellet grill maker, they oh, okay. uh, they posted uh, four cents a share earnings when they were expected to lose money. They beat on revenue by about twenty million dollars. Um, so they're up this morning. Big winner, twenty seven and a half percent this morning. I'm glad to hear one bit of good news anyway. Resetting the table, bloodbath might be an exaggeration, but it was definitely a crummy day yesterday on Wall Street. 45 minutes before we open, what do we got this morning, Philip? Well, we're still red day, but we've seen an improvement um, since we got on the air. The, uh, the Dow Jones is basically down less than a tenth of a percent. S&P 500 is down two-tenths of a percent. The NASDAQ 100 is down four-tenths of a percent. And like you said, the VIX is up uh, two and a quarter percent this morning. On the other side of the coin, we've got silver down one, a little over 1.1%, below 24 to $23.59 an ounce. Gold's down a third of an ounce. Crude oil yesterday had a pretty slipping day. Um, they they opened this morning below 80. However, they're heading up by 1% this morning. They're at $80.28. Well, poop. I was kind of hoping it'd stick in the 79 range and sound cheap for a day or so. Me too. Overseas, uh, overseas markets, they aren't, unimp- they aren't impressed either with us at the moment. Everything was pretty much evenly off in the Asian rim, except for the mainland Shanghai market. Uh, it was up by about a half a percent at 6 a.m. Everything else is red. Europe is evenly red in the, oh, about the three-quarters of a percent range halfway through their day, and I don't see any green anywhere over in Europe right now. Getting my retirement plans together, well, yesterday just kind of proves that one event can really throw a monkey wrench into it if you got too much equity in your plans. How do I find you to be able to find out where the risk is? Exactly right, David. It just takes one black swan event right before you're going to retire can mess everything up. That's why we developed the core retirement design to help people make sure that the amount of risk they have in their portfolio is the amount of risk they should have in their portfolio. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730, 95.3 FM. And we'll just cross our fingers. We got some good news tomorrow morning because we got a pile of government data dumps and a couple, three really big stocks reporting after the close tonight. 
I'll see you then, sir. You have a good day. Uh, you too. Thank you. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Remember that first paycheck when you started working all those years?